For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, good morning, New Jersey. It is Thursday, October the 22nd, 2020. I'm Bob Williams. Welcome to the Jim Gerhardt Podcast. I'm just settling into the big broadcast chair over there at Stately Gerhardt Manors, our host, Jim Gerhardt. Good morning, Jim. Well, good morning. Good morning. It is a foggy day here in London Town, but uh, this is uh, uh, an anniversary. I just happened to notice this. Did you realize this is uh, rather a big anniversary in New Jersey, which leading up to a bigger anniversary? It was on this day, October 22nd in 2012, that a hurricane hit the Bahamas in Bermuda and the Antilles and started up the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Now, can you guess what the name of that hurricane was? Well, 2012, um, Sandy. 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 And it came up the coast. Then it was downgraded to a tropical storm. Then it picked right. up in the biggest storm anybody had ever thought of. Uh, but it started, it came into view, really, in, in its formation and started our way. It began the journey of devastation on the 22nd. That was, what, eight years ago today. Of course, it hit the 28th, I guess it was the 29th through the uh, 2nd of November. Right, it took about a week for it to to hit us, yeah. If you stop and think about it, it hit the fan on the uh, the 2nd of November. But the devastation was between the 29th, the 30th, and and, and, and then we have an election this year on the 3rd. Mm. So it is kind of symbolic of this great conflagration <laughs> coming up yeah. and hitting right at about what is election day today. Yeah. So uh, I think there's there's something, maybe a parallel there, because nobody knows what's going to happen when this uh, when this eventually hits. Well, so yeah. that's something uh, that we can remember. I, I want to do more on that later. We go get on to other things. But it was very interesting in the course of the Sandy storm, the career of Governor Chris Christie and his political future. And it it shows how quickly a political figure in this country can go from being cock of the walk to the goat Mm -hmm. and over how little it takes. And maybe there's something there to that would be a parallel to our national situation. Speaking of which tonight, right? two, Two big games. (laughs) <laughs> Go on. We get the uh, on television now. New Jersey people are going to have to make a choice here, and so we have uh, we have the Giants and the Eagles. I right. mispronounced that. I said Giants and Eagles. It's actually Giants. Giants, yeah, and Eagles and Eagles, yeah, the beloved Eagles. <laughs> but even though, <laughs> and of course, the other game going on at the same time on television competing with it will be Trump versus Biden. Right. The other game. That, that's now, a, Yeah. Here, speaking of parallels, I'm loaded with parallels today. 
think of this as a parallel. Here we have two of the worst possible teams in all of football. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm not going to say the other part of here. <laughs> but speaking of the candidates, but there may be a parallel there. I don't think it, you, you had asked me earlier the fact that they have such poor records. Does it matter? Not to New Jersey people, I think, or to, or to some South Philadelphia. Very few people are going to even know there is a presidential debate in yeah. uh, South Jersey. But you get the Giants fan and the Eagles fans. It doesn't matter how bad they are. Right. Uh, they're ours. They're our Giants and Eagles. Well, tonight's so, game is apparently going to put one. You know, one's going to still stay alive in the playoff hunt. The other one's going to be uh, jumping off into the great abyss for the rest of the year. So tonight's going to be a pretty big game there. Anyway. Well, it, I don't know unless it's a, unless they both lose, you know, <laughs> right? Or unless they tie, yeah, right. That'll just do it. I, I want to make a suggestion for the uh, committee that puts on the debates. Here is what I would like to see: after every great flatulence of oratory that the the candidates do at the end, which is probably when they run out of breath, as we saw before. They have to walk over, look straight into the uh, the camera, and say, "Psych." <laughs> I I think that that, that because that's pretty much what's going down. Now, yeah. what do you think? What do you think of the uh, the the rule for tonight with the mute button that's uh, going to prohibit or keep the uh, <laughs> the candidate from interrupting the other candidate while it's his turn to speak? Because that's what I think frustrated a lot of people in the first debate, that yeah. both candidates were just, you know, just shush up and let the other guy talk. Well, I, it, who has the, the mute button will be held by what, the moderator? I believe so, yes. Who is in league with the Democratic candidate, of course, or else the person would not have had the job very long right. if they had not been very partisan. That's part of the career now. Right. A part of the job description is to hate Trump if you're in journalism. Right. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how that works. I, I, I was reading a story that uh, the president's advisors have been very forceful and strong and, and united in urging him to not be so bellicose in this mm -hmm. thing, not be so aggressive not to come on like a pit bull. Uh, but the question is, was asked is, is he capable of it? Even if he agrees, right? <laughs> does, does he have it in him? I, I would, I would, uh, well be very interested to see. I, I would think possibly not. Uh, I, I, my, what I will probably do is, uh, tape it. And, Enjoy the football game. <laughs> That's a good idea. And then if uh, words leaks out that anything interesting had happened that I hadn't heard before, I have a tape to back it up. <laughs> so when one of the candidates gets all worked up in a fit of apoplexy and explodes or falls off the stage or something, I get to watch it. I get to see that leak. Well, apparently on paper, on, yeah, on, on paper, the way the mute button is supposed to work, I believe there's not going to be any interruptions when the candidates are asked the initial question by the moderator, that they're gonna get their two minutes uninterrupted time to respond, however they're gonna respond. If they're going to dodge the question or 
you know, a, you know, uh, address the topic at hand uh, head on, they're going to get two minutes uninterrupted. And then after the back and forth there, then I think it's it's a free for all where they can interrupt and then they can go back and forth at each but other. That, that, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because what happened before during the original two minute presentations on these various subjects, the other person kept jumping in anyway. How do you yeah. stop that? No, but that's that's where I that's where I think that 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 they're going to use the mute button that uh, the person cannot interrupt while the other person is speaking initially, and then after when they go back and forth and the tit for tat type thing, that's when it's both mics will be on. That's what I understand anyway. Well, I have an idea. I noticed uh, we noticed Manfred, my uh, Adobe, was up a little earlier here when we were talking, and Manfred has a, a collar on one of these shock collars, which we don't use to shock them. But it could be done, but you use it because you get a vibration or you get something to get the dog's attention. Put a shock collar, go to Chewy.com, <laughs> get, get a couple of shock collars and put on these people. <laughs> yeah, that'll stop them real fast. Who needs a mute button then? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. Uh, I, you don't have to worry about the media because the media already has their reviews written, I'm sure. Right. Uh -huh. Saying that now uh, uh, the vice president had just kicked the Dickens out of out of the, uh, the president out of Trump, so that's all a, a foregone conclusion. That is uh, that is one of the great shames to be you know serious for a moment. Is the fact that here we get into one of the great crises in our national history, hugely important to people, and yet we have no way of getting a true presentation, reporting, or evaluation of, of events and what's going on. Everything is coming from either side with a very partisan agenda. So you don't know exactly what truth is. Truth has become completely irrelevant in politics. Oh, another thing, you know, I, I noticed, uh, I think Benjamin Harrison was, what, the 31st President, no, 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 we'll go back beyond that. Whatever it was, it doesn't matter. Benjamin Harrison, I know, only held office of president for 31 days. Right. He, he, he had gotten a pneumonia, right? He's the yeah, one that uh, spoke. At the inauguration. Yeah. And it was bad weather and they were doing it outdoors. And he got pneumonia and he died 31 days in office. And I can't help but wonder, and certainly pray, though, nothing that dire. But you wonder if the Democratic Party candidate will last that long as the source of power. Right. How long it will take him to be usurped by the actual controlling ideology of his, of his party right now. Right. And, and then what that will mean. What that will mean. Right. And there's, there's, a, right. there's one, one matter that came up, and I haven't heard a lot about it, but I do have heard it that the Democrats are proposing, what do they call it, a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Have you heard about that? Yeah, uh, I, I'm and, not in about that one. Yeah, well, what this is, and, and this is very common, uh, you notice they did it in the Maoist days in China, the Stalinist days, in which everybody who had uh, somehow had any favorable glance at the opposition, which would be Trump in this time, gets hauled for, and you either have to recant your and, and damn the former president or you're assigned some kind of penance. Now, back with those two that I mentioned, the result could be dire. Right. Anybody who had had uh, an un-PC thought is gone. It's a goner. 
And then, of course, they, they, they sort of leavened it down to the, uh, the gulags. Right. That if you did not agree with the party line of your party, then you were declared mentally incompetent, mentally compromised, and sent off to a, quote, uh, rehab institution. Like the Chinese now are sending the Muslims in uh, Western China off for, quote, re-education. Right. But I would not be surprised to see some form of, quote, re-education. See, right now, one of the big things has been this uh, sensitivity training, mm -hmm. which is kind of a warm-up for that sort of a thing, which is actually a form of, if you want, you stretch it a little bit, but you say it's a form of brainwashing because it's trying to change your neural pathways <laughs> that have been formed in your brain so yeah. that you think like they do instead of thinking like you do or did. Right. So a lot of interesting things to watch that we will find out after the inauguration. If there's the inauguration, see, that's still up in the air, too. Right. Now, yeah. uh, I wanted to mention about, um, you know, you had mentioned that uh, it's quite possible that if uh, Joe Biden is uh, elected, that he would step down for health reasons or whatever, not soon mm -hmm. after his uh, inauguration. But, you know, I was also thinking with all of the uh, the controversy and the the breaking stories this week about his son, and the improprieties that he had with, um, you know, the foreign governments and things like that and how Joe Biden maybe have played into that. And this is all just breaking stories now that maybe this also gives the Democrats another out to to uh, to get him out of office, that he may have to step down because of previous improprieties as uh, holding the office of the vice president. I was just thinking that over the last day or so. It's very possible. On the other hand, you see how hard it was to uh, to uh, uh, prosecute. Clinton or his obscene behavior in the, in the Oval Office. It's very hard to do. Now, Nixon resigned when he came under fire. Uh, I would see Biden more not as getting involved in something later because there's so much going on that uh, members of the Democratic Party, if they win, that their party could be held accountable for this whole four years of trying to undermine the presidency. Right. And all of these things, the Russian bit, all of this is going on. I think it's going to go away, all of it, if the Democrats come into office. This will be the last you'll hear of that, which is, to me is a great disappointment, because I'd love to know what went on, just as a matter of curiosity. Uh, but we'll never know. And I think the same thing with uh, the Biden thing. It'll be hushed up. I, I think the president, it will probably not be a, like a coup, of course. Right. But it will be that the president will have to turn over. Maybe it'll start incrementally. With yeah. this duty and that duty and then more and more duties to the vice president. And then he will ultimately have to, uh, for reasons of health, he will have to rest or sort of get out of it. And therefore, legally, you can put the uh, the vice president right. into office. And it's of amazing, course, it's it's amazing that 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 the, uh, the the campaigns are going down to the wire with this possibility hanging over their heads. Why would you even consider putting a candidate in who 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 could be compromised with health you don't know for sure but it, it certainly looks like a real possibility that why would you you know well, whatever happens afterward is is what happens after the person is in but knowing going in that the person may have some uh, some issues why would you consider even electing that person if they're not healthy or capable at this point the democratic leadership had gone so far to the left it was getting dangerous for them because the American people don't really go for that. And so they had to come up with a prominent, well-known Democrat who uh, would probably not 
uh, offend anybody. Just, uh, you know, a uh, almost a cardboard cutout, if you want, of a presidential candidate. Yeah, but why because, would you? And, and to, to, to come on as the moderate. And so the message is, okay, so we got a lot of people with a lot of these ideas that are maybe kind of radical. But actually, here is here is the real picture of who we are. Well, we know that's not the case, but I think that was the uh, th- that was the plan. So another thing that, that's really uh, kind of bothersome here, all this mail in balloting. And we're told that right now, 30 million people, probably by now, 40 million people have already voted. Yeah, isn't that nuts? So that's crazy. This, this, this debate is moot, you know, for that many people. Two hundred and uh, how was it? Uh, the one hundred and twenty. Six, I think it was, million people voted in the 2016 election. Right. And you take like 40 or 50 percent of that vote is is going to be mailed. On the other hand, though, is this the end of the secret ballot? See, that was one of our guarantees that we could not. Nobody could really come back with retaliation. And know who you were, who you're voting for. Because it was supposed to be a secret ballot, even in the machine. They'd have to go to a lot of trouble to figure out how you voted. I mean, it could be done, but I don't know that that has been tried. With a mail-in ballot, you sign it. Yeah. It's sitting right there with your signature and your address <laughs> and everything. Yeah, it's like your tax return. Yeah. And so it is, in a sense, public, or even if it's considered to be private information, there's no way to guarantee that. And so if you do have this... Uh, reconciliation program going on they'll have no trouble finding out who voted for trump now is that going to affect my livelihood is that going to affect my reputation my safety even my standing in the neighborhood we've never gotten to this extreme before so it's just very very difficult to figure out well i can imagine a lot of people are going to be speaking with their financial advisors over the next uh, week or so if they have not and asking them, what kind of game plan should I have if uh, things, because I'm sure a lot of people cannot afford a major drop in their retirements and their investments right now. And if big uh, tech and all the big companies start to pull out, there there goes, you you know, they're pulling the carpet out from under you. What are you going to do? This gets back to a question that I've been asking myself and asking everybody else. Why would the well, the lords of capitalism in this country, the uh, uh, the Wall Street, if you want, right. the economic barons, the Internet and all the, all the money. most powerful people in the world. Why would they support yeah. a socialist government? Because basically, fundamental to socialism is that there is an end to public or, or to private ownership of property. And to these big corporations, everything would be nationalized. Why are they doing it? Then it occurred to me, my thought, my theory. I think there's a deal going on. Nobody sat around in a room and sort of broke this down. Everybody had to sign it and do secret handshakes. But I think what happens is the thing that these organizations fear more than anything else is regulation. Mm. The uh, the Internet giants and the corporate giants, the corporations, the money people. And even get back to the other part of the ruling uh, quartet in this country is the intelligence community, as it's called. I mean, they are all in combination in cahoots pushing the Democratic candidate 
the Democratic candidates uh, or the people leading the party are pushing socialism. So normally that would be there. So why are the biggest capitalists in the world supporting right. socialism? Again, it's regulation. I think the understanding is that if we get into power, we are going to go soft on the regulation, which is, which is, which is tough. Now, I don't know that the Republicans are into regulation either. They are not. So I think these big companies have nothing to fear from that if it's a Republican victory, because things will go on pretty much as they are. But I think they're trying to hedge their bet on any kind of regulation of industry. And and another thing that's at some point somebody has got to do, it's going to be awfully difficult. I don't see this happening with a Republican win, which is one reason that I am not totally enthusiastic about that. Somebody has got to figure out a way for some of this money that's being sucked out of the country, figure out a way for some of it to come back into the circulation in the economy. There's too much money, too much of our wealth is going into too few pockets. Now, that sounds Marxist, but it's not. This is way beyond that, has nothing to do with it. That was another game in another day where you didn't have a gaggle of million and trillionaires holding all the money. (laughs) And you did corporations. So and that's one problem that people are having, that people are so upset. The middle class is being pretty much starved of opportunity because all of this wealth is being sucked out. It's like uh, the, the water's evaporated going up into the clouds, but it doesn't rain anymore. Right. So somebody's got to figure out a way to blow a whistle. Yeah. Now, my thought is that what they would do, we could take these people, this handful of people with these super billionaires and trillionaires, and the Bezos and, the, you know, whoever else has all this money, instead of socking it into something that is not circulating in the economy so everybody else has a chance of making some of it, I'd include some probably professional athletes in the woodpile, too, and other people. Uh, but say, OK, to, to, I, I think Jeff Bezos with Amazon is now considered the richest man. I Well, let's oh, say he by far. Mm-hmm. Let's say he is right now. Say, okay, Jeff, this is great. You win. We'll give you a hand. We'll give you a parade. You get to keep the uh, what uh, yacht that's about twice the size of the uh, aircraft carrier Abraham Lincoln. And you get to keep all that. You won. You won. Now kick the money back. You get to lead a good life. You have all these luxuries. You have all this. And, keep, and enjoy yourself. And mm-hmm. we're going to go back. Kick it back. Everybody kick the money back in the pot. Except we'll let you all keep enough to be to live in a high rate and kick it back in so everybody else will have a chance bring up the economy it'll loosen the frustration it'll lessen the uh the the anger among people and you can have a thriving economy if some of this money went back into it and jobs are available beyond minimum wage it would be a very good thing for the country and i think the political parties probably should not quarrel with that of course it's never going to happen because these people will Huge, huge amounts of power, and they can forestall anything like that. But it's like a monopoly game. Say, okay, you won. Now, we'll honor you for that. We'll have a hall of fame. (laughs) Your name will always be up there as an incentive. You are the carrot on the end of the stick for everybody else. But put the money back in circulation. Right. A couple of New Jersey uh, things of the voting. Have you heard anything more about any uh, improprieties with the, the voting? I have not heard any more. But uh, I'm hearing uh, Dan Alexander tells us that there's a new lawsuit out uh, being brought by the ACLU of New Jersey and the League of Women 
voters, uh, the federation there, um, to allow email ballots. Apparently, there's been a couple of cases where someone did not receive their ballot and they're requesting an email, which opens up an entire new subject. Yeah. Like, they will come to that. I don't know if they're prepared for it right now because of the opportunity. I mean, you could sit over in Odessa or some remote region of Russia <laughs> and win an election in New Jersey, you know, right. if everything is on the Internet, uh, because the Internet's not trustworthy right now. Right. Uh, it's unfortunate. I think these people have started these big uh, online uh, what uh, companies, Google, uh, uh, was it uh, Facebook and everything. I think they started off with very good intention. The, the technicians who developed this and said, this is wonderful. And I'm sure even uh, the, uh, the the Facebook, uh, that uh, this is going to bring people together. This is what he said. This is why I did it. This is why uh, we can, uh, Zuckerberg, so we can bring people together, let people communicate. We'll have like one world big family. That then somebody crept in. The devil put this in somebody's ear and says, hey, you got a good thing going here. Let's monetize this baby. Right. And that's when the end came, when they turned it into a money-making machine. And uh, I don't know if you can go back right now, but this is just one of those things of uh, good intentions turning into, uh, uh, in many regards, a very good conclusion, but in other regards, pretty bad, pretty bad. Oh, oh, the uh, uh, you're talking about the election. I noticed this. Uh, there's a bill in the legislature, at least that I had read, that would prevent police officers from being anywhere around voting venues. Really? Yeah, because that would that is voter suppression. <laughs> so it's interesting <laughs> now voters, how voters think that they would be the ones that would be enforcing yeah. any sort of electioneering and it, things like that. It's maintaining order. It's maintaining order because there are there are talks now about there being possible uh, uh, demonstrations and, and problems at, at polling places. Well, here you've got policemen, but if this bill passes, a policeman, and I have to do it quickly, policemen will not be allowed in the area. And so now stopping uh, any kind of uh, uproar or problem at a voting venue and uh, just, uh, I, and I suppose that would extend to anybody inside who is trying to police fraud, that's voter suppression. Right. So the voters should be able to do anything they damn well please in there. Yeah. Oh, the other thing is, uh, Bill had this story this morning that I mentioned to you about the, the survey about New Jersey. Why don't, you, why don't you take that? You just read that story. Well, it's pretty interesting that there's a survey by YouGov that says New Jersey is the most hated state uh, <laughs> polled by Americans. And we even beat out Alabama. Which, which has uh, never been a real favorite. But congratulations, New Jersey. Everybody yeah. hates We're us. Number one. We're number one. <laughs> but, but, you know, New Jersey, I'm 50 states. New Jersey, according to that survey, New Jersey is the only state that more people hated than either liked it or didn't pay any attention to it. <laughs> now, it doesn't get into specifics, correct? That the, are these people that hated ha, that have been here, or have they just read no. about some of the horror stories? We're we're not no. sure about the polling questions. It's reputation. It's yeah. reputation. That's it. I don't. I ran into that once. I went to a high school reunion, you know, a few years ago, and I don't remember what it was. We, we've been out of high school a long time, but I was the only person there from New Jersey. Many of the people had stayed right around down in the southwest corner of Virginia, where I'd gone to high school, uh, and 
I was a matter of curiosity. They didn't react to me with hate. Because they, I, I think many of the people didn't remember who I was. I didn't remember who they were. But, you know, it was, it was years, 50 years later or something. But the fact that I was from New Jersey cast a certain aura about me that seemed to fascinate them. And people would, you'd find them come kind of around, kind of looking. You know, if you look around, you see people looking at you and then suddenly looking back. Right. And they'd ask questions. I even had somebody ask me, do you know Tony Soprano? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's my yeah, name. Sure. You know, we pal, oh, Tony and I pal around all yeah, the time. Right. I hang out at the Bottom Bing Club, you know, like everybody in New Jersey does. You have to. But, but there is a certain, what would you say, aura mystique, if you want, about New Jersey and other parts of the country. That uh, I was surprised that the hate, though, mm. somebody once told me we were talking about this on the air and a caller said that he had driven uh, out west and he parked his car at a motel somewhere. I don't know, in Arizona, uh, New Mexico, somewhere down in Southern California uh, on his way. He parked the car in a motel and all of a sudden outside his room, he parked right outside the room. And all of a sudden there was this huge commotion and banging out there. And he went out, and here was a guy with a baseball bat beating the Dickens out of his car. <laughs> and he said, what are you doing? He said, there's New Jersey plates. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go figure, man. I loved it, though. I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful. The, uh, the, 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 the proposed motto one time during a New Jersey tourist motto campaign that was perfect. It wasn't picked. They picked something that said absolutely nothing. But the proposed motto, it came in number four in, in a voting one time. It says, New Jersey, small state, big attitude. Mm -hmm. ah, I love that. Love it. Yep. That's my motto for New Jersey. That's a good, that's a good way to end the show. We've good a small state, but we got a great attitude, big attitude. And uh, yeah. get your popcorn tonight. It's going to be a great viewing no matter what you're watching tonight. Yeah, I love it here. I love it. God bless the state of New Jersey and everybody in it. We love you. Thanks now, for watching. We, we, <laughs> we'll pick that up next week. Yeah. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next Thursday. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.